0: The New York Mets finally demoted Brett Beatty today. Will we see him again this season? I'll discuss that more on today's edition of Locked On Mets. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you uh, amazing Mets fans who are listening to Locked On. Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, we have to discuss the Mets demotion of Brett Beatty. He was sent down to AAA today, and I'll go through why the Mets made that decision and if they are manipulating his service time or if they could Manipulative service time in the first segment. Then in the second segment, I want to discuss two prospects who I think should be called up right now. Not named Ronnie Mauricio, because we talked about him on yesterday's show. Then in the final segment, we will recap a Mets win, shockingly enough, where Pete Alonso helped the Mets blow the doors off of a hot Cubs team. Before we get to any of it, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at Ryan. You also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Well, on yesterday's show, I brought up the idea of the Mets demoting Brett Beatty, and guess what? They did it. They demoted Brett Beatty on Monday, sending him to AAA Syracuse. And this is a demotion that is certainly warranted. He has not hit well for the New York Mets. He started off pretty hot, actually, in his early tenure with the Mets this season. But if you go back to May 5th, Brett Beatty hitting 197, 274 on base, 300 slug, a weighted runs created plus of 65. Again, WRC plus is weighted runs created plus, and it measures hitters based on a league average of 100. So Brett Beatty was 35 percent worse than your league average hitter. If you look at his defense based on outs above average, he was in the sixth percentile, so among the 10 percent of the worst defenders in the sport. This is a sample size that was running over 70 games and over 250 plate appearances. It was 262 plate appearances since May 5th. He deserved this demotion, absolutely. And I did look into what might be going on here, although I think a lot of it is just mental. I think that Brett Beatty lost his confidence and it was the right call to send him down to try to get it back. But I am still curious about service time you have to wonder about these things. And I saw a few people on social media just asking about the the service time manipulation. Are they going to send them down for two weeks to gain an extra year? But this is very complicated. And I want to shout out uh, my guy, Christopher Soto, on Twitter because he is really good at some of the math behind the game, really good at uh, you know the luxury tax stuff and things like this, service time. And he had a tweet that I had retweeted all the way back um, in early May. Uh, I believe it was early May. Maybe it was late April. I guess it was it had to be late April because Brett Beatty was up in April. But r- regardless, the, the tweet was uh, about Beatty and, and service time manipulation and how long he would have to stay in the minor leagues for the Mets to get an extra year of control. And the amount of days, because he spent 50 days last year with the Mets, he had that short stint. he got hurt, and he spent time on the major league injured list. So, he came into the season with 50 days of service time. To hold him back and get an extra year of control, the Mets would have to keep him in Triple A for 66 days. And he spent 11 days there at the beginning of the season. We all thought, all right, Brett Beatty's not going anywhere. So that idea of getting extra of control sort of faded away. Funny enough, though, if you do the math on it, starting Monday today, going all the way up until the end of the season, October 1st, it's exactly 55 days. 11 plus 55, 66, the amount of days that we learned all the way back in the beginning of the season, the Mets would have to hold him down to get an extra year of service time. Now, does that mean that the Mets did this today specifically because of that? Potentially, because you could have demoted him a week ago. And the Mets probably didn't want to do this. But you have to think about these things. And I am sure that there's a person in that front office that crunched those numbers. Now, does that mean that Brett Beatty is going to be manipulated right now for a service time this year? And the Mets are going to get an extra year on the back end for him? Not necessarily. And we won't know if this is service time manipulation until Brett Beatty does enough in triple a to warrant a promotion back. If he keeps hitting horrible for the rest of the season, well, the Mets get that extra year and they also get an excuse because why would they just reward him with the call up? But if he goes down there, gets his head on straight, starts playing some better defense, starts lifting the ball, get hit it with confidence, and is batting 375 in two weeks in Syracuse, and the Mets are looking at him and they're running out Danny Mendick every day at third base, well, then you'll know that that was what this was all about. But for now, this is a demotion that is squarely warranted based on the way he's played. And I, I wanted to look into what happened, what, what's been wrong with Brett Beatty this year. And the thing that I found that was interesting is I looked at his swing take profile at baseball savant. This is essentially a, a way to look at how effective a, a player is at covering each zone. There, there's four areas that they measure. There's the heart of the plate. There's the shadow region, which is around the edges of the strike zone. There's the chase region, which is a little bit further than that. And there's the waste region, which is just pitches that everyone should be spitting on. And you look at each region for Brett Beatty, and it tells a pretty compelling story. So you look at the chase and waste regions, plus 12 runs in those two regions. So pitches that are nowhere near the zone, he was still identifying and not swinging. So he's not chasing too much. That's not the issue with Brett Beatty. The issue has been creating impact when the ball is in the zone. He was minus 13 runs over the heart of the plate, minus 13 runs in the shadow region. And how they figure that out is when you swing and when you take in those regions and the results. So if you take a pitch in the shadow region, that's called a strike. That's going to knock you down a little bit. If you strike out on a pitch in the shadow region swinging, that's going to knock you down. If there's a pitch over the heart of the plate that you roll over, that's going to knock you down. So, Brett Beatty just not impacting the baseball when it's in the zone. He's been okay at identifying the pitches he should be swinging at. It's not necessarily all bad plate discipline. It's an inability to hit the baseball, quite simply. The whiff this year for Brett Beatty on all pitches is over 30%. That is not good. Just swing the bat and come up empty over you know, 70% of the time. Uh, you know, you look at what he's done in the zone, his zone swing percentage below league average. And I totally said that wrong a second ago. I'm going back over my head. I'm like, that didn't sound right. <laughs> he's whiffing 30% of the time. So as he sways, yes, he makes contact you know, 69% of the time this year, which is nice. But, you know, quality contact is not there and he's still swinging and missing too much. Okay, his zone swing percentage, again, below league average. His zone contact percentage, below league average. So pitches are in the zone. He's, for one, not swinging enough at those pitches in the zone. And when he does swing, he's not making contact. Now, the big one, too, his average launch angle. Now, launch angle is the big... A thing that the hitters are all trying to do now, right? They're trying to drive the ball out of the ballpark. They want that launch angle to be a certain degree. So they're lifting the ball enough, getting their fly balls that can turn into home runs. The MLB average launch angle this season is 12.2 degrees. Brooke Bay's at 5.9, hammering the ball into the ground, ground ball rate over 50%. The expected batting average is 231. Is expecting slug 368. He has a negative run value on every single pitch. Now run value, it measures again outcomes. So if he strikes out against a fastball and there was the bases loaded, that's going to significantly impact your run value. If he hits a home run on a hanging slider, that's going to positively impact the run value that he's bringing, but there's not a single pitch that he fared well against this year. So just overall, he has not hit and you could not warrant continuing to run him out there other than to say, all right, learn at the big league level. But if you're to lose a year of service time on top of that, for a guy to not learn, really not develop at the big league level, you might as well send him back down to AAA, hope that he shows enough to warrant that promotion back. And if he doesn't, all right, well, you got a lot of questions about Brett Beatty going into next year, but at least you hold all that control. So the Mets made the right decision both from a business aspect and honestly, I think from a player development aspect, I I said it on yesterday's show. I really believe that Brett Beatty was not going to figure it out right now under the relative spotlight of playing in the big leagues. And by sending him down, giving him some time in AAA, where he still hasn't even spent that much game time at that level yet. I think it's going to be great for him. and. Hopefully, he hits four or five home runs the next couple of weeks, and he's right back up. But for now, I think the Mets are doing right by him and you know right by the franchise in the long run as well when you factor in that service time element. But the question is, is there some players the Mets should promote? On yesterday's show, I spoke a bit about Ronnie Mauricio, but I want to dive into two more players who I think the Mets should call up right now just to get a look at. We'll get to it in just a minute. Before we do, today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk things through. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. I know personally therapy has helped me so much throughout my life, just being able to have a third-party perspective who I could explain what I'm going through. Or it's not someone in my family who have to worry about how it impacts them. I can just talk to somebody about how I'm feeling and get some advice about what's going on with me and, and where I can go. So if you're thinking of starting that journey of therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a the licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp by visiting betterhelp.com slash locked on MLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on MLB. Mets for the Chicago Cubs again, seven ten Eastern time tonight, catch every pitch of the Mets hometown broadcast, Sirius XM on the SXM app, just search Mets and I'll talk about game one of this series against the Cubs when the Mets finally snapped their six game losing streak that happened since the deadline in the final segment today. Cause Pete Alonso was awesome as was Kodai Senga and it was good to watch Mets baseball for a night, but I still want to focus a little bit on this roster. And who could get added to it? Because as you watch Rafael Ortega play every day, and now Jonathan Arruiz and all these guys that have come up from Syracuse that are your journeymen, minor leaguers, in their mid-20s who probably aren't going to have a future at the Mets, it does lead me to wonder if there's other people who could be getting these opportunities that might actually have more of a future with your team. And it also relates to the rotation. We'll get to that part of it in a minute. But the first guy that I want to discuss is not the type of prospect that gets a a lot of recognition. Might not even be considered a prospect. Sometimes these guys who are in their mid to late 20s in the minor leagues are just considered minor league players. And maybe that's the box you put Luke Ritter in, but he's leading the Mets minor leagues in home runs this year. He's 26 years old. And honestly, I don't see the harm in getting a look at him. Is this to say that Luke Ritter is going to be the second baseman of the Mets for the next 10 years? Of course not. But could he bring a little bit of power to your bench potentially? Maybe. I mean, it's a certain possibility. He's a right-handed hitter. Could he bring something? I think it's worth taking a look because this year in A, he hit 240. 389 on base, 568 slug, had 14 home runs. Now, granted, he was probably older than a lot of guys in that league, but he's held his own with the promotion. The numbers in 52 games have not dropped off that much from what he was doing in 43 games. It's a 249 average, 368 on base, 412 slug. The slug did come down, of course, but eight home runs in 52 games. It's not bad. Um, you know, and 22 home runs on the season across uh what is it all together? 95 games. So I'd rather watch Luke Ritter hit, who I could at least talk myself into being part of this future, than Danny Mendick, um, or even more notably, Jonathan Ruiz, who's out there today. I feel like Luke Ritter would be a guy that would bring, I don't know about excitement to the fan base, but you at least bring some curiosity to the table. Here's a guy who was drafted in the seventh round back in 2019. He's been in this farm system for some time now. Why not give him a shot? Uh, There was a point in time where Jeff McNeil was just a guy that was called up in a lost season. Now, granted, Jeff McNeil's numbers in 2018 far superior to what Luke Ritter has done this year, but you never know what you got. And and, you you think about a guy like Joey Manessis with the Nationals when he was called up and had a great season last year as an old rookie. You, You might as well take a flyer on someone like that, in my opinion, over some of the guys that are up right now. So we'll see if the Mets... Decide to call Ritter, but he's definitely a name to think about over these next couple months. Now, onto to a guy that's way more exciting, could have a much brighter future with the Mets, who I did allude to on yesterday's show, but I wanted to dive into him a little bit deeper for those of you who aren't aware of him. It's Christian Scott. Uh, he's 24 years old, right-handed pitcher, college arm from Florida. Uh, he was drafted in the fifth round in 2021, didn't get too much time that year with the Mets. So it was only three innings pitched in the complex league. Last year, started in low A, 37 and a third innings, uh, most out of the bullpen, but got four starts. He pitched well. Well, (laughs) he pitched well when it came to strikeouts, I should say. He showed stuff, I guess is a better indication of what he did last season because the ERA will jump out at a 4.82. But his FIP, which is Fielding Independent Pitching, so that's removing defense from the equation, was 2.72. He struck out 12.54 batters per nine, 2.89 walks. Um, his ex-fip was 3.11, so expecting better performance than what the ERA would suggest. Ends up in high A, made five starts, pitched in six games, 21 and a third innings pitch, pitched to a 3.80 ERA, still struck out over 10 batters per nine at 10.55, walked a lot at 4.22. This year, though, he's come back a different pitcher. In that same level of high A, in a similar sample size, six games, six starts, twenty-three and two third innings, a two-two-eight ERA, two point oh eight FIP, strikeouts at ten point two seven per nine, the walks at one point five two. Now he's made nine starts up in Double A, fifty-one innings pitched. He's striking out eleven point two nine batters per nine, his walks at one point four one. He's not giving up a lot of home runs, zero point eight eight. That is five home runs allowed in 51 innings. And the strikeouts at 64 and in 51 innings is really impressive. His FIP is 2.66 compared to that three ERA and his xFIP is 2.88. He's got good stuff. Fastball slider combo is what you're really looking at here. And a guy that you know, could slot into the back end of your rotation one day, who knows? Maybe he's got promise to be more than that. But I look at the Mets' arms in the minor leagues, and obviously Mike Fassel was the name that everyone's been sort of highlighting as the guy that should get the call. But his numbers in AAA have yet to be really great. And he's also a guy that you know really shot up your prospect rankings this year, and maybe you want to keep developing. He's also a year younger than Christian Scott. So maybe you do keep him in AAA. He's got an ERA over 7 in AAA. Whereas Scott has been performing exceedingly well in double A. I mean, you look at what Vassal did in double A this year, where he got all the rave reviews, he got a 371 ERA in 51 innings across 10 starts. Christian Scott has reached 51 innings in nine starts, as that three ERA. He's he has better numbers in double. He obviously hasn't gotten that promotion to triple. But I'd say, you know what, an older prospect who's not walking very many many batters compared to Vassal, who in triple has been walking the world over five walks per nine, close to six, actually. To me, I would take the guy that's throwing better right now and take a shot and see what happens. Because you know what? I wouldn't want to watch David Peterson continue to make starts if I'm the Mets. Um, you know, I, I think with with David Peterson, you can at least talk yourself into his stuff being good and the fact that he's been good since being called back up. That maybe he still is part of your rotation next year, a guy that's your swing man and you feel okay about it. Uh, Carlos Carrasco, you're running him out there because you're paying him and he's a veteran starter. And I think they'll probably just keep plugging him away and have him meet whatever earnings he can for your ball club in a lost season. But I would like to see at least one arm get a shot this year. And if it's Vassal, maybe he goes on a three or four start stretch over August where he puts it together. And you call him up in September. Fine. But I feel like what you've seen from Christian Scott lately should be enough to maybe say, you know what? Let's just see what we got. Let, let's call him up. Let's give him a run. And I, I don't know how many innings you want him to get to this year. Anyway, he's already creeping up. You know, he's past. He just passed 75 innings on the year. Maybe you only have him at 110 benchmarked. So instead of having him fire those remaining bullets in AAA, maybe you call him up and see what you got for some starts in the big leagues and get the fans to get an eye on him. And honestly, again, when you think about the control he has shown all year, the strikeout stuff he has, I really think he might surprise some people. So those are the two guys I'd like to see the Mets promote. Um, obviously Ronnie Mauricio is still someone who I believe you should get a look at as well. But like I said, we discussed him on yesterday's show. So I figured I'd bring up a couple other guys that we could potentially see, uh, over the final stretch of the season here. But the good news is the Mets won a game tonight. So let's talk about that. Finally get back on track. Thanks to Pete Alonso and Kodai Sanga. We'll get to it in a minute before we do. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to a vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. When You shop on eBay Motors with over 122 million parts to choose from. You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, It's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit only available to US customers, eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The New York Mets play the Chicago Cubs seven ten Eastern Time tonight. Catch every pitch of the Mets' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Well, they can still win baseball games, do it in convincing fashion—a route eleven to two, Mets over Cubs. Pete Alonso had one of those days where he was you know, the best power hitter in baseball for a night again, and. That's what I said prior to the deadline. Pete Alonso was the only guy that could save the Mets season. This point, the season is far from saving. Uh, you know, It's not going to happen, but he's the only guy that can win baseball games for them. When he goes out and he drives in six, and he drives in five runs in the first three innings on two home runs, they're going to win that game most times. And it helps to have Kodai go on the mound. He was awesome. Um, six innings, did give up seven hits. Walked two, struck out six. Worked around all that traffic on the bases and has the ERA at 3.24 this season. He has been the best part of this rotation, no doubt about it. The former Aces had their moments, particularly Justin Verlander, but Senga's been the consistent guy. Senga's the all-star, and Senga has one of, if not the best, strikeout pitch in baseball right now with that ghost fork, and he's racked up 142 Ks in less than 120 innings. The whip is a little bit high. He does walk a lot of batters, gives up his fair share of hits. But to keep that ERA in the low threes this year, it's been extremely impressive. I'm looking forward to seeing him finish out this year strong and keep giving you something to watch every fifth day. If you're a Mets fan that sort of tuned out on this team, and I don't blame you, but you still want to enjoy some baseball to to finish off your summer, a good strategy would be to watch the Kodai Senga starts, and honestly, the Jose Quintana starts could be pretty good as well. I would tune out anytime Carlos Carrasco takes the mound. You probably can tune out when David Peterson um, and Tyler McGill take the mound. But it's good to see the Mets win. A- and Danny Mendick is a three-run homer. <laughs> um, got multi-hit games from Mendick and Ortega, which it still is brutal to watch these guys in the lineup every day. I should have mentioned Starling Marte. Back on the I.L. with a groin issue again at this point. Just hold him out. I don't see any reason uh, to to run him back out there. I, I'd give him the rest of the offseason. You say, look, Starling, it's been a bad year for the team, for you. you know, we know there's been a lot going on. I think he just had a, a kid. and Enjoy the time with your family. Rest, rehab. We want you to be 100% healthy and back to the 2022 version of yourself in 2024. That's what the Mets should do at this point. It's good to see Brandon Nemo in the lineup again, and I think to have Nemo, Alvarez, Lindor, Alonzo, McNeil, Alicia has have some semblance of a team that can win baseball games when you have a home crowd like they did tonight. Um, it can make a night at the ballpark still a little bit entertaining and fun, but there's no reason to try to salvage anything from this season from Starling Marte, um, especially when you, know, you can always – Call up Ronnie Mauricio or call up Luke Ritter and who cares about defense? I mean, figure out where to put these guys. You can put Luke Ritter in left field if you want to. Um, instead of Rafael Ortega, yes, please, honestly. Um, so we'll see what the Mets do. We'll see how they decide to manage the remainder of the season. But you're on the winning side for a night, and now you, you win one of the next two, you can actually win a series. and Give your home fans something to cheer about and then – I wonder how many people are hiding and cowering from City Field for this weekend where the Braves come into town. Um, that's probably going to be a really frustrating series if you're watching it, but you never know. Never know what can happen. Baseball is a weird sport. So we'll see. We'll see how the Mets can move on from this game on tomorrow's show for all you every day. So it was going to be today's show, but then the Mets decided to, to demote uh, Brett Beatty, which became a more pressing matter. I want to review Max Scherzer's 10 year with the New York Mets. And if it was a success at all, because they got him in and he was part of a really great season, or if you look back at the whole thing and just say it was a complete, utter failure. So make sure you tune into tomorrow's show for that. Follow written review wherever you get your podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show locked on Mets. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. If you want to catch every pitch on the Mets' hometown broadcast? You can do so with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets.